This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Ginger Catherines. She's an Emmy Award-winning producer, cinematographer, writer, and editor, as well as being an award-winning author. She serves as the executive director of the Cloud Foundation. She's also been a resident since 1982. Ginger, welcome to the program. Thanks, Gary. Nice to be here. Now, the Cloud <laughs> Foundation takes its name from a Palomino Stallion living on the Wyoming-Montana border, and you followed that animal literally from birth. Tell us about Cloud. <laughs> well, Cloud was born on May 29th of 1995, and I had been filming in this wild horse herd for a year before he was born. Marty Stauffer, the popular producer of Wild America, the television series, had asked me to do a film about Mustangs in early 1994. And I started filming, and one of the only herds I could find where the animals didn't just run away were the Pryor Mountains on the Wyoming-Montana border near the little town of Lovell, Wyoming, and adjacent to and including the Bighorn Canyon National Recreation Area. So they had seen people, and the people had been largely benign. A lot of the wild horses, when I was traveling the West, would simply run away uh, <laughs> at the side of the car. And my, my conception was, or my preception was, that, that they didn't do anything interesting anyway. And so I had had a horse as a child, and he didn't do anything very interesting but stand around in a field and graze all day. So not only did I have this notion they weren't interesting from a natural history standpoint, but I also had the experience in other places in the West where they ran away, so I couldn't even film them eating, standing in a field and grazing. So the priors uh, gave me an opportunity to see the horses closer because they had come in contact with human beings who had not chased them or shot them. And I began filming in 1994, and uh, the next year I was there uh, over Memorial Day, a holiday just for a couple of days. I picked up a friend from California to go with me, and she and I were there for two days, and on the first day, we noticed that Raven's mare, the Palomino mare, was very pregnant. And then the next day, we were up on the mountain filming, and I saw a flash of white coming through the trees, and I had the presence of mind to, to pan my camera over and out of the trees came the Palomino mare with a little tottering newborn white colt. <laughs> so what is Cloud's personality? I mean, uh, well, from the, from the get-go, not necessarily on that day, because we were only with him that day, we had to leave. But two weeks later, I returned, and uh, he had, uh, had grown up tremendously just in those two weeks. And he was very, very precocious. Uh, he was very outgoing. He had two older sisters that were two months older than he, and he liked to pester them and tease them. And he also uh, would play with uh, yearlings. Here he was, just a, a month or mm -hmm. two old that first summer that I spent with him. And that was very unusual. His mother would even sometimes come and break it up because he was out there running and playing and being just, a, I guess, a star. <laughs> Is the history of the uh, Prior Mountain herd known? It is known, I think, to people who 
appreciate uh, wild horses and are knowledgeable about them. It is probably the one of the oldest herds of wild horses in North America. The horse, of course, evolved in North America, returned with the Spanish, and this is a Spanish colonial herd. So it traces its bloodlines to the breeding farms of the conquistadors in the Caribbean. The conquistadors did bring hundreds and hundreds of horses with them, but they bred them eventually in the Caribbean, and these are the horses descended of those, and so they're called a Spanish colonial herd. So they have different characteristics than some wild horses. They are rather small. A lot of them are duns and gruyas, so very striped up, uh, short-backed. Some of them are very gated with the Indian gait, which is a, a single-footed gait, so that they have a very smooth trot. And because the, the herd is noted for these kind of boldly marked duns and gruyas, Cloud was an oddball. And so... It, in a way, it made him an attractive star. He didn't look like like any of the other horses on the mountain. So he'd be easy to spot. Well, he was easy for me to spot, but I worried because mountain lions prowl, mm-hmm. and I thought he might be an easy mark because he is such a, here's this little white glowing thing. Mm-hmm. And he was also so outgoing. He burst in through trees and was daring. And I worried about him, but I needn't have. So you got involved with horses through a film project, but it's developed into the Cloud Foundation, which is a 501c3, and you're the executive director. Uh, what's the breadth and the scope of that organization's charter? Well, we try to protect all wild horses, horse herds in the West, but we've always had, of course, a focus on Cloud's herd in the prior mountains. The first year that I was filming for Marty Stauffer's Wild America show, two of the three foals in Raven's Band, and that's Cloud's father, the year before Cloud was born, were killed in a roundup. And I guess, without me knowing it, I became a wild horse advocate because of the horrors of that roundup. And I thought, how can animals that are so beautiful be treated so poorly? And I got the ear of the state director of the BLM that year, and there was an investigation. And the the treatment of those horses was never like that again. So um, out of my fear for wild horses and us losing them as a species, um, I created the Cloud Foundation, named for Cloud. And we try to advocate for their protection, for their management, but for their protection. Now, one reason we're uh, talking today specifically is you've got a film coming to the Jones Theater, and we're going to talk about that uh, shortly. But... Uh, more broadly, uh, expand a little bit on the state of wild horses in the West. Uh, well, well, historically, at the in the early 1900s, there was an estimated one to two million wild horses in the West, and some of them were in eastern Colorado. Probably some of them were right here in the Wet Mountain Valley, but eventually their numbers dwindled to perhaps only 20,000 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wild Horse Annie, who was a, a secretary and just a common ranch wife in Nevada, took up their cause, and uh, eventually the Wild Horse and Burrow Act was passed because of her efforts and those of, of others. It was a unanimously passed act of Congress, if you can kind of That's imagine what, that in this day your, and age. Get your head around that, yeah, huh? Uh, yeah, well, anyway, um, the the act was to pr- preserve horses where presently found. And so in the early uh, 1970s, 
the Bureau of Land Management, who's in charge of managing wild horses uh, on their herds, uh, went out and did s censuses and uh, came up with about, eventually in 1974, you know, between 50, 60,000 wild horses in the West. So there were more than what they had contemplated. Mm -hmm. But then they created herd areas and named those herd areas, Cloud's herd areas, called the Pryor Mountains mm -hmm. for Sergeant Pryor of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Mm. Now, folks here in the Valley, if they think of wild horses, very well might think of the herd at the New Mexico border on the way to Taos, uh, just as you cross into New Mexico. Right. You'll, you'll see those. Are you familiar with that herd? Oh, I'm very and, familiar and, with and it. And how does that compare to the Pryor Mountain herd? Is there is a herd in, in uh, southern Colorado. It's on private property, and so it's not managed by the government. People who live there claim that it has Spanish blood in that herd. I don't, I don't know that. Mm -hmm. You can't tell by looking at them. But Colorado also has four herd management areas. Sandwash Basin near Craig, the Little Book Cliffs near Grand Junction, a little herd in southwestern Colorado called Spring Creek, mm -hmm. and then the Peons Basin is the largest herd that we have. Those Three out of those four, uh, four herds are managed very carefully. And uh, that's the way the Cloud Foundation would like to see all the herds managed. They're widely viewed. They're very popular. They're good for tourism, so they create an economic benefit for the communities nearby. In fact, Maybell, Colorado, where Sandwash Basin is near Craig, that's their largest economic drivers, people who come and visit mm. and uh, can see the wild horses. And they uh, can get pretty pretty close to them within 50, 100 feet, get good pictures and 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 the same with the herd at the at the border down to the south they're often often right up by the road so let me ask a bit about the film we should let folks know that cloud's legacy the latest film will be shown at the jones theater on uh thursday that's this thursday august the third at uh, 7 p.m tell us a bit about this film and i know you had a uh, feel free to talk about the previous film that was here about a year ago about a year ago, we showed the first film, Cloud, Wild Stallion in the Rockies. And that, of course, takes Cloud from day one through his young life up until he's five years old and uh, gets his first mare. Mm -hmm. It's a, a really exciting film. It was a packed house, and I think everybody enjoyed it. So Legacy takes up really literally the day after the first film ends. Uh, PBS's Nature series that I produced for immediately saw the popularity of the first film. It was voted the most popular in the 25-year history of the Nature series on PBS. And so they put me under contract immediately to continue. And that's when you see uh, Cloud's first son born. Mm -hmm. Cloud has a son born to uh, a mare. It's not his son, but you meet Flint and you meet Boulder. And these two young horses grow up within Cloud's legacy. Uh, there's a tremendous uh, danger from a huge fire that takes place. Predation is growing. Uh, mountain, line, uh, mountain lines begin taking full. So it's a very exciting program. There's a roundup in it in which uh, several horses are very injured. And Cloud really shows his true stripes as a wonderful, not only fighting band stallion, but a great father. Mm -hmm. What is the nature of a roundup? The intent of a roundup is to remove animals so the herd isn't too large. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a helicopter roundup in 1997. Cloud was returned to the range because of his unusual color. The roundup that takes place in Legacy takes place in 2001. 
when the foals, Boulder and Flint, are very little. Mm -hmm. And this is a helicopter roundup, so very dangerous business running uh, horses off of a mountain down to from over 8,000 feet to just over 3,000 feet, and a number of horses are injured. That's one thing the Cloud Foundation does advocate for is not managing in the way that that Cloud's herd was managed when he was that age. And since in the past eight years, there has not been any roundups in the Prior Mountains, and that's because they're managing the horses on the range. Mm -hmm. But I think people will like a legacy a lot. It covers only two years, two and a half years of Cloud's life. And then the third film covers a, a much longer period. That's Cloud Challenge of the Stallions. So that's <laughs> the third one. Is Cloud still around? Cloud has not been seen since uh, since early last year, and we believe that at 21 years old he probably died, and mm -hmm. um, he lived his life on his own terms. And I think he lost his last mare. He made he put up a tremendous fight to get her back, and was it, it took a lot out of him. He was always a fighting stallion, and Cloud had uh, the largest band on the Prior Mountains for at least a decade. And I think he was unhappy with not being able to be a father and a, and a band stallion anymore. And I think he probably made the decision himself. He did mm -hmm. not look ill. He did not look unwell. Hmm. But I think uh, I've seen that with stallions before. They lose heart, and they don't want to continue. Uh, that's an interesting story. Now, you're a cinematographer and a filmmaker uh, long before you got into the horse films. What was in your background before that? Well, the... the the uh, biggest and by far the most expensive film I ever did was a two-hour special for the Discovery Channel called Spirits of the Rainforest. Mm -hmm. And I produced that in the early 1990s. And it's a, a story about the people and animals that live in Manu, which is a biosphere reserve in South America. And that was, um, <clears throat> that was a very, very successful film. And it was because of Marty Stauffer seeing that film that he asked me to do a film about wild horses. He had, I had worked on his series as a writer and an editor, but he did not want to send me out in the field shooting. He thought it was dangerous. Mm -hmm. I could get wet. <laughs> I could get lost. Uh, but when he saw the film, the, the Spirits, and he knew that I had filmed the, most of the natural history sequences in that picture, he asked me to do the film about wild horses, and that's, of course, what led to the PBS series. And that's where we are today, now advocating for the protection of these beautiful animals in the wild. Uh, that's the Cloud Foundation. Uh, and let me remind folks that uh, Cloud's legacy will be shown at the Jones Theater this Thursday, August 3rd, at 7 p.m. The last film about a year ago was a sellout. Ginger, thanks for stopping by. The time has uh, run out fast. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I just want to say that... Um, um, I just love this this valley and, and this place and appreciate you having me. It's great to have you. We've been speaking with uh, Ginger Catherines, who's an award-winning uh, producer, cinematographer, writer, editor, and author. She's the executive director of the Cloud Foundation, and uh, she's one of your neighbors. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. 
Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground.